welcome to a Midworst podcast, a narcissistic pursuit of our opinions, sports, and more. I'm Zach. I'm Luke. And I'm Toilet. <sighs> All right, boys, what's on your mind for this week, Luke? What's uh, what's top uh, what's top ahead right now? Kick us off. Well, as you all know, it's October, Boom. and here in the Midwest, that means it's definitely spooky season. Fall. Um, and one of my favorite ways to celebrate the month of October and the Halloween season in general is to watch all the scary movies that the various streaming services I subscribe to have to offer. Um, obviously, throughout the years, the number of like absolute classics has dwindled. Like. There are so many times I can watch Psycho or Friday the 13th or um, Halloween or anything like that. Hotel so, Transylvania. Hotel Transylvania. Silence so, of the Lambs. <laughs> I mean, definitely one of my all-time favorite movies. Um, but this year I decided to kick it off with a movie called Interview with the Vampire. Um, I don't know. Have either of you guys seen it? No, but nope. uh, who's who's in it? Jog my memory. So it's a loaded cast. Uh, the year is 1994. You've got oh, Tom year. Cruise. So strike Tom... short in baseball season. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> More this time for movies been... in the fall. Yeah, perfect time for movies in the fall. So you've got Tom Cruise at like pinnacle Tom Cruise, right? It's 1994, sexiest man alive on top of the world. You've got a young brad pitt i mean mm. really young you've mm. got an moist Ant- antonio banderas yes Ooh. in the mix and you've got Pre 13th a, warrior yeah and you've got like a 10 year old um kirsten dunst what's wow. up christian slater too in a uh even though he's like billed as one of the lead roles he's only in it for like a minute um so it's like channing tatum in the uh in the latest kingsman yeah exactly Um, so basically I was watching it and as the movie was going along, I was like getting some weird vibes. Like the movie starts out with like Tom Cruise turning Brad Pitt into a vampire by I'm a vampire. (laughs) And the way that you do that (laughs) is you have to drink the vampire's blood because in every vampire movie, like they have to have some convoluted rules as to what vampires can and can't do, what powers they have. And in this movie, they just like Deus Ex Machina in it by saying, "Well, the dark gift affects everybody differently. So some of them can fly, some of them can read minds, some of them like can never die. It's all like a mess, and it follows no logical rules." But as it kept going on and on, I realized like, "Oh wait, like." This is the QAnon conspiracy written into a movie. Hmm. And I say that for a couple of reasons. Connecting the dots, guys. The dots are there. (laughs) We're just connecting them. I'm just connecting the dots here. (laughs) So one of the main plot points of the movie is that Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst are like traveling the world together and they're vampires, so they never age. And he is always like a mid-20s guy and she's always like 10 and it morphs in from like being like a father daughter or brother sister relationship to like more of a heavily implied romantic relationship no no um, no, no so no, there, there's no. that whole part mm-hmm. like holly mm-hmm. weird with the children and then like in the third act of the movie 
um, Brad Pitt and Kirsten Dunst meet Antonio Banderas and uh, they meet this like uh, village of vampires living beneath the streets of Paris and uh, Antonio Banderas offers Brad Pitt a suckle of a young boy who had like he said like would you like to drink his blood as one might offer an hors d'oeuvre at their house mm. and that got to be thinking like you know if you're a QAnon person like this is Hollywood just telling on itself right like you don't even need to connect the dots it's Brad Pitt drinking blood and being a vampire wow that's yeah, a lot I'm that's, sure, I don't know what to do with that uh, well I mean I'm, I'm sure George Soros is you know, behind it, of course, somehow. I mean, it's probably like Miramax Pictures. I, Harvey I mean, how many? <laughs> how many? I mean, were there a lot of pizza shops that were shown? Um, no, because it was okay. set in like from 1750s colonial New Orleans to about well, modern day San Francisco. So, but it wasn't like very much time spent in the modern day. So most of it was before 1850. Not very many pizza shops during that time. It's a it great grandpapa John was still living in Sicily. Hey yo! It's a great time to remind our listeners how we are an anti-grooming podcast. Not only yes. in our own personal grooming, but the grooming of young, impressionable children. Abs- absolutely. So anyway, that was my uh, weird movie conspiracy review of the week. Speaking of weird movie things, and you mentioned Paris, um, why am I hearing about Emily in Paris a lot, and what is it? I don't even know where to begin with this, so I have been roped into watching Emily in Paris. I uh, Based on up, your text message, up. you seemed very willing to go well, along I, with I was, the viewing of this I was going to get there. I was going okay, to get right, there. I was going to get there. You know, for, the, for, the, for the listeners at home, I am putting my hand up on the Zoom right now um so yeah i i mean as a lot of these netflix shows go right like outer banks or something you watch the first couple episodes and you're like oh my gosh this is so bad like it's good that it's because you know it's good because it's so bad right and then all of a sudden like the first episode in this like they show the old like leo burnett building and there's a um blurred out david bodie hitting a grand slam against the nationals <laughs> so i believe this is like circa and a dream dive to left <laughs> <laughs> um circa 2018 but it's very much like uh it's it's very much a um sort of coming coming of age young professional like a yuppie show with the backing of a um you know the major major streaming service and so like you can see like they definitely put a ton of production into it and everything but like the storylines are like super cheesy like i honestly i don't i'm gonna venture and say that either neither of you have seen an episode but i would give you like a minute and you probably could both come up with whatever the plot line is of the first episode without looking at anything breakup is there a breakup? Uh, Does she break up with her boyfriend? Yeah. Um, well, go go back. So so how how does this how does this all happen? So yes, there is a breakup at one point. I believe that happens in episode two. Oh, damn! Um, Never see it coming. So I, there's a key to there's a key to this, right? I told you there's a David Bodie grand slam in the in the first episode. Oh, she's Chris Bryant's not very attractive wife. <laughs> 
Hey, hey. <laughs> hey. Whoa. Let's bleep that Look, out in post. Uh, all I'm shame. saying is that, you know, the way he looks and his profile in Chicago might have gotten a more attractive wife. It's not Madison Bumgarner level. Wow. His wife Again. is also named Madison Bumgarner. Wow. We're going we're gonna, to, we're gonna, yeah, we're going to shame in here. Was she yes, named absolutely. Madison Bumgartner before they got married? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Because that would be crazy. Hey, I got a thing for you. I looked this up. Um, what percentage of people worldwide are married to one of their cousins? Ooh, oh, I, I bet I, it's I, way more than we think. Does this count like first, second, third, fourth cousins and all that? Um, again, this is a statistic that I heard a month ago, so that is the site that I'm I'm sourcing here. So keep that in consideration well, it sounds like you no it sounds like you've been uh you've been really grooming this topic huh yeah well we were Looking trying to help for months there was this girl who was some tough dating look the apps and she says everyone on the apps is a liar and um your cousin isn't a liar <laughs> your cousin isn't a liar i don't know how we landed well, on like people you know dating what you're getting cousin. with the family <laughs> true true there's less secrets but yeah we end up looking at Lisa's uh, I'm gonna go with like seventeen percent. Oh my yeah. god! I was gonna say thirteen. Uh, it's ten, which is still That's alarmingly still way high. Too high. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah. So, who's back <laughs> of the week of the world, is huh? questionable incest. <laughs> you know who married their cousins? Uh, the Roosevelts. Uh, Roosevelts. Roosevelts. True. Um, uh, uh, like literally any monarch from Europe in like uh, yes, the ever. 17, 18, 1900s? No, nope, ever. <laughs> I'm pretty sure like Prince Philip is his own uncle. Um, <laughs> Albert Einstein. Like, mm. uh, yes. So it doesn't get smarter than Ooh. that. I and... believe an underage cousin as well too. So again, yeah. hey, we are an anti-grooming podcast. And uh, Charles Darwin. Married his own cousin. Wow. Survival of the incestist. Yikes. Um, well, on that same uh, token of um, uh, popular TV shows, th this idea kind of struck me. So you know how they create, um, especially in Chicago, they create and market uh, specifically back-to-back -back television Wait, shows. Wait, before we before we move on to this topic, we never guessed what Emily in Paris was about. Oh yeah. <laughs> we kind of moved away from that swiftly. So, oh, okay, breakup so is any episode two. Do your parents get divorced? Two. No, no parent. No parents have been mentioned so far. Um, her restaurant so, business fails. <laughs> no, getting close. So she has boyfriend who uh, does not want to go to Paris, but they say, "Oh, we'll make it work." And uh, shocker, by episode two, they haven't made it work. And then um, she runs into super, super sexy Frenchmen and French women, and they basically play up every French stereotype you would uh -huh. ever thought of. Uh -huh. A lot of, like, underhand smoking and, like, croissants He's and, got, like, like making fun grinder. of Americans. <laughs> Just got making a fun of Americans for him. being fat. Yeah. It's basically like every bad European stereotype and then every bad American stereotype just thrown into this uh you know this this girl who is actually very accomplished yet com tries to come off as woefully inept 
Yeah, the thing about the Americans is, you think you're eating cheese, you are not eating cheese. <laughs> your cheese is terrible, your cigarettes are terrible, your bread is like cake, it has so much sugar in it. In France... I keep going, Luc, L-U-C. <laughs> Luc. 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 Luc's corner. Luc. Yeah, yes. In France, we have a baguette every day for breakfast. There are so many beautiful women. We only care about the underage ones because we live in France, but it's legal there, so it's okay. We have Serge Gainsbourg, who I think another person who married his own cousin. <laughs> oh, I do love Paris, though. Great ham and cheese sandwiches there. Like Au croc, monsieur? Uh, <laughs> Au croc, madame. Le sandwich mixed? That spicy ass Dijon. Oh, we're not gonna get shit. into it. we're not gonna get into ranking mustards. We haven't made it that far into the podcast yet. <laughs> what is the Midwest of Europe? What is the uh, equivalent? Oh, uh, Ukraine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to all say, Ukrainian listeners. <laughs> Ger- Germany. Germany's not a flyover country. No, yeah, well, the Midwest. We, the Americans did do a lot of flying over of Germany. Circa, oh, like, 1945. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, no, the Midwest is, like, the Balkan Peninsula because it's all, like, ostensibly the same, but all of the states hate each other the most. <laughs> don't, don't, tell, don't tell a uh, Serb that a Croa- Croatian is the same person. Like, but for real, don't tell a person hey. from Michigan that someone from Ohio is, like, the same as them. Or Indiana and Illinois, or Illinois yeah. and Wisconsin, or Wisconsin and Minnesota, or Scots yeah. and other Scots. <laughs> like, well, no, Wisconsin and Minnesota are the same. Reciprocity. They have reciprocity. Yeah. They, they do have reciprocity, and nobody wants reciprocity with Illinois. <laughs> Here, take on our crippling debt. <laughs> Get in state tuition. <laughs> it's $29,000 a semester. <laughs> Isn't Nashville like the number one Chicago like fleeing like anyone from Illinois? The the biggest influx of people is to Nashville. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of people there's a lot of people moving from Chicago down here. That's why I if uh, my current career doesn't doesn't pan out, I'll probably just open up like I don't know like a hot dog stand, like maybe get a Portillo's franchise down here. I think that'd be pretty successful. Yeah, smart. Wicked smart. The thing that they don't tell you about opening a Portillo's franchise is that you have to go out and find all those 1920-era's mannequins (laughs) that they have staged in the restaurants. Like, Where am I going to get get 35 Tommy guns, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I am up to my ass in costs on dressing these flapper women. (laughs) Like... Why do I need to restage the St. Valentine's Day massacre in my restaurant? Um, well, yeah, re- returning to the uh, the television point, um, I wanted to bring up the uh, the Midwestern obsession with creating a uh, Chicago police, followed by a Chicago medical, followed by a Chicago fire uh, networking package that is pretty much marketed only to stepdads. <laughs> and uh, older people who actually watch cable television during the week and don't watch sports. So, um, 
the the general thought for this is I saw an advertisement and I thought who who wants more like police drama right now like isn't there enough actual police drama in the actual news cycle that is satiating this need to watch salacious police stories and I thought well isn't there also the same for the medical situation with the coronavirus pandemic and then I thought isn't there enough going on with the forest fires out west that the <laughs> that the immense need to watch people put out fires is not satiated by watching the news so can someone explain it to toilet why people are obsessed with these types of television shows currently yeah, toilet I, I have an idea chicago coast guard oh shit yes <laughs> we are starring the watchers ashton, on the wall starring ashton kutcher i love that yeah i was gonna say i feel like people would be entertained by videos of people fighting the wildfires in california if occasionally the camera zoomed in on a couple of the firefighters and they just gave each other a little kiss I feel like that's what that's missing. Just a soft kiss. Just like a soft, passionate kiss shared between firefighters who definitely aren't inmates on work release. Um, Just giving each other like a beautiful little kiss on the lips. Um, And all those shows, by the way, are produced by my main man, my man with the number one name in showbiz, Dick Wolf. Dick Wolf. Howling at the dick. That bar where they hang out in Chicago Fire is, like, right by my old apartment in Bucktown. Hmm. Happy V? No, it's called uh, Lottie's. Or is that what it's called in the show? No, I think that's what it's called in real life. I don't know. It's called, like, Hattie's in the show and Lottie's in real life or vice versa. I forget. Okay, here it is, guys. I responded to a survey on YouTube and it said, do you approve of the president? And I responded and I provided my email account for follow-up information. And I am not going to be this. Was it a push poll? (laughs) Yes. And I am currently addicted to reading the Donald Trump email listserv information. I'm addicted to it. They send about 30 a day. They're all (laughs) caps. They're in size 42 font. Everything is bolded and highlighted. And often create often includes like shiny gifs or like image giant arrows and explosions and like pictures of checks and like bald eagles and I am just addicted to it. It's just the most amazing content I've subscribed to in quarantine. Because they pretend like it's coming from a stable of writers, right? Like, hey, this time it's Eric. Hey, Kimberly Gilfoyle here. You need to give us money. Yes. Yes, and sometimes he talks directly to me, um, and I think that's pretty cool. Hey, um, <laughs> hey, toilet! I'm pretty disappointed hey, in you. <laughs> I need you given us more right money now. yet. <laughs> so I, I bring that up only to say um, I thought it was unique that uh, the you know 70 plus year old president was able to recover in record time compared to um, you know us normal folks. But it reminded me of the South Park AIDS episode that turned out that the the, the cure for any illness is just an influx of cash so uh, maybe that's true and Um, jimmy buffett but i think that (laughs) donald trump will be able to parlay the um, obsession he has with mcdonald's and what's been going on with uh, travis scott where he might be able to sell a similar type donald trump meal (laughs) as a cure for covid19 now hear me out He already has a strong connection with McDonald's. Mm-hmm. He has clearly shown his superior 
gene pool and ability to fight off the virus. So it only makes logical sense that he would then follow up the success of the Travis Scott meal with the Donald Trump meal. Your thoughts? All of the food at McDonald's is damp already, so the associations are there. Um, the question is, like, based on the Travis Scott meal and the J Balvin meal, it has to be assembled from things that are already on the menu. It's okay. not a new item, so what Correct. is it? Or it's a combination of, like, oh, it's two fish fillets uh, <laughs> with two apple pies in between them. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know. What does he like to eat from there? I mean, I saw like his. I don't know if any of it's true. Like what he generally orders from McDonald's. I'll look. Well, at he, well they they said that there's some there's some sort of chemical in the French fries that prevent against baldness, and so that's what he say. That's why he says he you know hasn't lost his hair, as we yeah. know that that's legitimate hair. Mm, Business insider. Um, Ooh. is it the hot cakes meal? I still uh, can't believe that. Oh, McDonald's makes pancakes. Oh, that's like that's like the it's like the worst thing on the menu too. Um, why is any article or any recipe, Luke? I think you've made this point. Like, f- there's like a 14 page narrative before anyone decides to actually tell yeah, you what is in the recipe. It's to sell ad slots. It's so annoying. I can't hashtag even marketing. Get to the order list. I just, Emily in now, there, Emily now in you, Paris. You viewed like eight ads more than you typically would if it was just like at the top of the page impressions are what we call them impressions impression they are impressive. i mean i i guess i guess what his his order would be like you know a, a big mac diet coke and like a side of like hydroxychloroquine Ooh. or like rem remdesirin or whatever that stuff is called Dude, I see a picture of him eating Kentucky Fried Chicken on Air Force One, and I'm <laughs> jealous. Like it, just, he has an entire bucket to himself and an entire God. thing of gravy right next to him. Like, did we? It looks we might have. T- we might have talked about this in episode zero, but like, can you imagine the bathroom situation on Air Force One? Ooh, like, that's like gotta be having to follow Donnie. Oh, brutal. Also, could you imagine bringing a bucket of fried chicken onto an airplane? Like, the person next to you would have to just, like, punch you on principle. Like, what the hell, man? Going the, one, of the last time, one of the last times I flew, there was a woman who was sitting behind me who actually got a bowl of chili from a Wendy's Ooh, inside Wendy's of an airport. Good. Wendy's chili is good. Yeah, no, we, brought, we, brought, we we we've we've talked about this before. This is like and, three, uh, three weeks. <laughs> we have associated, you know, we we've figured it out. Toilet that you're a Chili's, or I mean, you're a uh, Wendy's chili guy. Oh, speaking but on of, an airplane, no, go ahead, no shot. Mm-mm. Um, speaking of chili, this is a quick divergent. Um, I did the most midwestern thing I think I've ever done, and I made a pot of chili. On the on the morning of Sunday, and I fed from it like a trough. I ate it for lunch, and then I just left it warm. And then I ate some for dinner, and then I packed myself a little bit of the leftovers, and I had it for lunch the next day. Economical. Economical. Do you uh, do that with rice? Do you do it with uh, the spaghetti, a la skyline shells, Cincinnati style? What what's your base for your chili? So I grew up. Uh, with the uh, macaroni base and then a very small amount of chili on like a watery chili on top 
And mm-hmm. as an adult, I have adopted. Um, I will sometimes do rice. I will sometimes just have the chili because it's hearty enough as it is. And I will do crumbled uh, tortilla chips on top to give it a little I'll bit of a love a good oh, tortilla that's a good, chip. A little that's bit a, that's of a good umami uh, crunch on top. <laughs> that's that flavor that tortilla <laughs> chips have. Yeah, umami. umami. <laughs> Um, okay, working backwards, Donald Trump's meal is a Big Mac, a mm-hmm. filet of fish, oh. a, a small oh. chocolate shake, and a small French fry. Oh my I thought God. he drinks like 40 Diet Cokes. Well, that's what this article says, so who knows if that's actually real or not, but um, I don't get the obsession with the filet of fish. Like, what is that about? Like... That's disgusting. That is like the worst thing on the menu. He's watching his figure. <laughs> is that like the health option alternative? <laughs> He's observing Lent all year okay. round. Wow. Um, all right. Well, that will be the newest meal. It will cure yeah. baldness and COVID-19. Look for that coming near you soon. Are you guys ready to talk some sports? Oh, I cut you no, off. No, I just want to say I'm, I'm pissed about the J Balvin menu. Because we talked about the Cactus Jack menu, and like at least that burger has barbecue sauce and onions on it, right? Like, there's no. something comes with barbecue sauce on the side. Oh, is it just a quarter pounder? Yeah, it's just a. Qu- I mean, it's just a quarter pounder with like I think he adds like he adds onion to it. That's what's different. Oh, well, the J Belvin meal—they're like promoting it. It's just like a Big Mac, fries, and Oreo McFlurry. But in the advertising, it's the musician drinking out of an Oreo McFlurry using a French fry. And it's like Jay Balvin uses a French fry to drink his Oreo McFlurry. So he had to do it. And it's like, you can't drink a McFlurry with a French fry. Here's not like, like a challenge. It's not like sour punch where it's like an actual straw. McDonald's fries don't have that consistency. They're not hearty enough. Uh, here's ignorance corner. Who is Jay Balvin? Yeah, I was about to raise my hand and say, uh, mind explaining that for the viewers at home? Um, I mean, yeah, I know who he is, but why don't you explain it to our audience? <laughs> he's a reggaeton artist. Um, couldn't really name one of his songs for you, but he's hmm. uh, with, like, uh, you know, Bad Bunny. And um, who's the guy who did Despacito? Jason Derulo. It was not Jason Derulo. So does all it take now is like one song on SoundCloud and like one unique food quirk and like, boom, I'm an icon. This is where we uh, play copyrighted music on the podcast, folks. (laughs) That doesn't. That sounded like a woman. That that was only ten. That was only ten seconds. We I think we get I think we get underneath it for that. That wasn't even him. Who was that featuring? Uh, Taney. Oh, Dua Lipa. Oh, Bad Bunny. There you go. There you go, Luke. Can I get Tane on this? <laughs> Dua Lipa. The teen meal. Yes, can I have the TikTok meal, please? Sports? Yeah, let's talk about sports. Yeah. Segway okay. to sports. Sports. That, that's our segue to sports. Well, okay. That's what, that's what I was going to say that was next on our list that I was groaning about having to talk about. Because I guess we got we got well, we got to touch on last week's Bears game, and then we also have the misfortune of allowing a national television televised audience to see the Bears play tomorrow. Oh hell yeah, dude! I forgot about that. Let's go. Yeah. 
I mean, that could be a thirteen. It could be a thirteen to six game. I doubt mm-hmm. it. Um, so my thirteen first, to three. <laughs> a lot of credit. Um, my first thought was, um, you know, Mo Ali Cox, the third string corner who torched Kyle Fuller and scored a touchdown. In the first you mean half? the tight end? Yes. Oh, what did I say? Corner. corner. Oh yeah, I mean, he torched Kyle know, Fuller. I mean, you know, you are uh, you are the corner on Kyle Fuller sucks corner. Oh yeah, I'm getting there. Anyway, mm-hmm. Mo Ali Cox. So hyphenated name. How do hyphenated names work? Like, how do they become a thing? Who decides what name is first and what name is second? Because am I the only one who thought, what if this guy's name was just Mo Cox? <laughs> I'm almost positive that's why the alley was added to the to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm assuming his first full first name is Muhammad. Um, oh, let's look it up. Footballreference.com. Oh, um, what are his, what's his nickname? What's his nickname? Oh, I need to know. little dog. How do hyphenated names work? Explain it to Toilet. Uh, your parents decide, typically. So is it like a is it like a millennial thing? Like, oh, we both well, made this child, so we both give the last name. His fun, name is oh, fun, nice. fun, fun, fun fact, fun fact. Mo Ali Cox played, played college basketball. basketball. Yep. Oh, and he just had his birthday. Happy twenty seventh birthday. birthday. Happy birthday, Two Mo. Months. <laughs> I do know. I do know. To answer your question, oh, it's, I do know. To answer your question, um, Clyde Edwards Alaire. He does his because his stepdad helped raise him. So that's why he has a hyphenated Okay. Name. So it's it, it definitely has happened before, but I feel like it's becoming a little bit more common. Um, mm-hmm. What happens when two people with hyphenated last names get married? It's too much for me to think about. Let's say Mo Ali Cox and what's another prominent person who has Clyde a Edwards Hilaire. Clyde Edwards Hilaire decide to raise a child together. <laughs> And they all they want equal ownership of this child, so they want to give them all That's four what they call names. Ali <laughs> <laughs> Cox Edwards Hilaire. <laughs> what yeah, would would you put all four as the last name? Would you make one of them the middle name and one of them the last name? What what is kind of the the rule book um, there? well this is a thing in um like all Spanish speaking countries too, where they technically have two last names and your mother's maiden name comes after like what your on the record last name would be i guess your you know family name and those names can get pretty long it could be like um ronaldo santa maria de la cruz but you only go as ronaldo santa maria interesting i was just thinking like wow as time goes on maybe people will get longer and longer names that'll be pretty crazy yeah, I mean, like, it's certainly possible. So is his name Muhammad? His name is Muhammad. So I think it might be to uh, serve as a t- distinction between him and Muhammad Ali. Because you can't go walking around with the name Muhammad Ali. That's a good point. Yeah, he could have been Muhammad Ali or he could have been Mo Cox. Two great choices. But he went with Mo Ali Cox. Correct. Sorry, so I'm a little distracted. You got to develop your own personal brand. I mean, I guess like Mo Cox would be hilarious, but that's like that kid getting beat up for like the first half of his life until he becomes the size of an NFL tight end, and then wages vengeance on all of his <laughs> classmates. 
Um, well, I I, le- I led this segment with also trashing Kyle Fuller, so let me defend it with some statistics I just looked up on ProFootballReference.com. Hashtag stats. Hashtag statistics. Okay, Kyle Fuller, percentage of missed tackles this year, 12%. Seems bad. Last year, 13%, also bad. His missed know, tackle percentage from his from his uh, Pro Bowl, alleged Pro Bowl season, was 8%. Hmm. Let me also remind you that that Pro Bowl season was largely inflated from a seven-interception season that was also greatly benefited from the work of the defensive line and defensive front. So you're going to do everything possible not to uh, give Kyle Fuller his credit, huh? Correct. This is He's correct. a system cornerback. <laughs> um, was that the same year Mitch Trubisky made the Pro Bowl? Yeah. It was. What a great Pro Bowl. Such potential for the Bears. Um, so if we think of our friend Kyle Fuller, um, th- they have a great reference here uh, for uh, similar players. So mm-hmm. stop me when you've heard a similar player. Lionel Washington, Omar Stoudemire, Dennis Smith. Al Nelson, Dennis Robert Smith, James, like the point guard. <laughs> These are the elites that Kyle Fuller is being compared to. Omar, who? Exactly. <laughs> um. Yeah, Kyle Fuller sucks, and I will die on that hill. But uh, I mean, I had a great time watching the Bears this week. Uh, the three Bloody Marys I drank have definitely nothing to do with that. Mm. Um, I don't know. What can I say? It was like the boringest game of all time. It was like <coughs> drowning in quicksand. I did not watch a single minute of the game because I had chores to do. Um, I don't understand the people who like have to watch like all of Red Zone every Sunday in order to have a job. Like, when do those people like do Sunday chores? Do they just never get the Sunday scaries because they never contribute? Uh, I think they take Tuesday and Wednesday off. Oh, okay. Or they just get, like, boo contracts where they can just pay somebody to do their chores. Hmm. You think Adam Schefter's out in his front lawn raking leaves? Um, no, he's on his two phones. He's on his two phones? As, uh, as the son of somebody who worked on the weekends, I can tell you that you usually take Monday or Tuesday off. Got it. Okay. Industry night. Industry night. (laughs) (laughs) Industry night for restaurant employees and the clergy. (laughs) It's lit. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Kyle Fuller did win player of the week in 2014 for week two for the NFC. So I apologize. I take everything back. Oh, is that when he had that like diving, taking a bullet for the president interception against (sighs) Colin Kaepernick? (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say it was when they played the 49ers. Is that it? Okay. I did not remember that. But uh, clearly his biggest fans do, so I apologize. Um, yeah, I didn't I didn't watch I didn't watch really a single snap of the game. We're out. I think that care, this game is gonna be boring too. I feel like this is under potential big time. Well I mean it's only forty four, so it's it's kind of a Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean Brady's been throwing some pick sixes. This could be a get-right game for the defense. 
get right game for Kyle Fuller. You guys were correct, by the way. It was a week two game against San Francisco, which we won twenty-eight to twenty when he had two interceptions. Yes. Yeah, that was the first. That was the first uh, Levi Stadium game. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Huh. I mean, for for someone who for someone who watched, like Luke, how would you would you how would you rate the Dick Foles experience for a first full start? Uh, zero out of ten. <laughs> I, I mean, it wasn't. Like, are we good. are we the talking? Are we was talk- dog shit. Craig like- Krenzel, Craig Krenzel, or uh, or like uh, oh uh, Jim Miller. Ooh, I don't know. Choose your fighter. We'll see. I mean, like, this is the thing. They're gonna reel us back in with a win this week, probably, or the week after. And they're going to remain largely competitive with the Packers until they lose to the Packers by, like, 24 points. Yeah, that's, that's the destiny. Game. That, don't rip my heart out in October, the first week of October. Please let it be ripped out at the end of November when it's properly meant to be ripped out, once it's fully swollen with expectation and hope. Toilet, I think that you're discounting the fact that that Kyle Fuller game was the second game that Zach and I watched as roommates, so it has a lot of sentimental value to us. Wow, cute. Um, I also wanted to bring up, I listened to the post-game interview um, with Nick Foles, even though I didn't watch any of the game, which was weird. Um, Shout out to local Chicago radio, only way to listen to a game without actually watching it. Hashtag Um, journal, this is a a big J move toilet, listening to the post-game. I'm a big Jeff Joniak guy. I uh, thought he does good work. He's got a nice, nice cadence to him. Nice timber. Um, what causes so many quarterbacks to be God guys? Like uh, Nick Foles was asked some kind of question, like, you know, what are you going to do this week to get right? And he's he said something like, well, you know what? Our identity is, you know, uh, get, getting back to our identity of being a solid football team, executing the details. And then he quickly corrected himself and said, well, that's some people's identity. My identity is through my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow. Like, that must have just been like an automatic like reset button real quick for, for Nick Foles. So what, what do you think leads that to be such a strong quality in quarterbacks? Uh, well, mostly... Uh, I mean, looking at the demographics of NFL quarterbacks, mostly white guys. Largely Southern upbringings. Yeah, largely Southern upbringings. I I I did hear I did hear an interesting an interesting theory on this because toilet actually fuck toilet. It's Um, okay. I've got the stopwatch going. I'm going to be on point with my beeps this week. uh, I I heard an interesting theory that. You know, in order to get to where a professional athlete has to get to, and this is like the very condensed version of it, but in order to get to where a professional athlete gets to, like you have to defy basically all the odds, right? You're like the one percent of the one percent of the one percent, right? So, like, if if you get to a point like we that, are the ninety nine, yeah. <laughs> well, remember that week, twenty twelve. Yeah. Um, Sorry, you were on a roll. <laughs> no, but I, I I would say if you if you get to if you get to that point, um, not the ninety nine point, but you get to be you know the point one of the point one of the point one percent, right? Um, wouldn't it wouldn't it kind of lead you to believe in there being something 
some higher power, right? Like, especially, because you, you literally have defied all of the odds. And especially... Sorry, Yeah, no, ahead. you go. No, you lose. Oh, I was going to say, especially if the unlucky breaks often coincide with, like, traumatic injury to yeah. limbs and heads. Like, it's either you're successful or you need to be amputated below the knee. Would you rather be amputated below the knee or have a very serious concussion? A serious concussion. Yeah, I'd probably go with the concussion. Chris Conti style. Just one? This was the boys say football. Get him out there. <laughs> Slap on that double helmet. You're good to go, baby. This is the boys say football and Christianity. <laughs> and Christianity too for Well, football uh, is family too, so you know that's that's also that's also why. Um did you guys see the uh the uh crucial catch logo where they have all the football logos with the multicolored um, different colors for different types of cancer awareness. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna just venture and say that there's some uh, there's some Twitter trolls who mistook them for Pride Month symbols. I think you're correct. So the uh, replies on those are pretty funny. Hmm. If you want to go feel better than other people online, um, <laughs> well, juicy if, responses. If they keep delaying games, the Super Bowl is gonna be in Pride Month. So you never know. Oh, let's go, June Super Bowl. <laughs> A June Super Bowl in Miami. <laughs> it's perfect. Hell yeah, let's do it. It's is 132 it degrees. No, last year was in Miami. I think this. Oh, this year it's in. Um, gosh, guys, we're big Jays. We ought to know this. It's going to be in the new SoFi Stadium. Oh, oh. in LA. Mm-hmm. It's probably going to be there for the next ten years. We haven't taken enough pictures of it as a podcast while flying over LA. Oh yeah, definitely. Well, they haven't had a blimp cam yet. Be the perfect place for a uh, family-friendly one half and drunken mess other half <laughs> uh, amateur sporting event. Just throwing it out there. Sponsored by a bank. <laughs> Everybody knows when L.A. fans get drunk, nothing bad happens. People don't get stabbed in parking lots. <laughs> So I had another thought um, watching football this weekend. You guys know I'm obsessed with jersey numbers. The the football numbering system is the most convoluted system in all of sports. Like we talked last week about the NBA and how it would be hilarious if a player was number 69 because there's really no rules anymore for what, what number you can wear. But we know no one's been able to wear number 69. Maybe we're just waiting for the, the perfect player. Probably a, you know, dump, dump truck ass double wide center, you know, from Vanderbilt or – Purdue or some awesome <laughs> Midwest town <laughs> yeah, who would just be the perfect marketing for it. But anyway, um, the numbering system in football, uh, it, it goes back to like early football and it started with quarterbacks had to wear a number or zero to name because they were quarter, a quarter of the way back from the line of scrimmage. And then the halfback would be like old school wing formation. Halfback is halfway back. And they would have to have a number. One of them would be in the 20s. One of them would be in the 30s. And then you would have your fullback, which would be all the way back directly behind the center, who would have a number in the 40s. And then your center would have number 50. Your guards would have something in the 60s. Your tackles would have something in the 70s. And then your tight ends, your wide receivers, would have something in the 80s. Isn't that really interesting? Or is it just me? 
No, that's really interesting. And I think football is definitely the weirdest because in virtually every other sport that has been like a derivative of like the original quote unquote football. However, the Limeys invented it back in like the 1680s um, or like baseball or basketball. But in the way that most sports were set up originally, each position just had its own number. It had a number assigned to it. It wasn't like, you know, this guy's 67 and this guy's 66. It would just be 1 through 11. And then on defense, it would be 12 through 22. That I love that. I mean, that's kind of like the same thing with football. Is like back in the olden times, you were only allowed to have like 22 guys on a team. So you pretty much played two positions if a guy got hurt. Yeah. So, like, your offensive line would then go play defensive line. Mm-hmm. Maybe your center was your most athletic lineman, so he would play linebacker. So that's why they kind of have numbers in the 50s or the 40s if it was the fullbacks. <laughs> yes. Here's, here's, here's Nick Foles lining up at middle linebacker. Yeah, not, not, not so much. But then your halfbacks, your, halfbacks and, uh, your halfbacks would play cornerback because it's kind of the similar position to what they already play. So that's why they'd be in the, in the 20s and 30s. But that is where I came up with that. And we were talking about fast numbers and what is a fast number, what's not a fast number, and I, I could not agree more with what what you know has been discussed with you know numbers looking faster, numbers looking slow. I thought thirty five was a very slow number until Kevin Durant started wearing it, so he's he's kind of changed it for the brand. Um, I feel like it's still a slow number on a football field if a running back is wearing it. In like eighteen nineties football, was cornerback just the most boring position to play? <laughs> well get out there on your edge blocking yeah it would suck because you'd have to set the edge but then there'd be that one time in every 30 plays where they actually would throw the ball and you would have to actually defend a pass and you'd probably forget how to do it (laughs) i think there's probably you probably like you probably recover a lot of uh what like backwards uh laterals that went awry definitely pick it up and advance it that way I mean, there's a ton of high school football programs that still run that offense because they can run it, they can install it as six-year-olds because it's a very simple scheme, and there's mm-hmm. you know 20 plays in the offense that, that all fit nicely together. Um, and those are teams, you know, they run the same plays consistently. They have a program and an identity established. So um, Zone, run, zone, the, run, the inside, height, run. <laughs> toilet, the height of my tackle football career was in one game I caught I think it was I think it was fifth grade football. I caught two passes, and that was like a big deal to co- not to complete one, let alone to complete two passes. And that was it. That was they, the that was the end of my football career. What were the routes? Um, I believe they were like a uh, one yard and run to the <laughs> run to the sideline. So okay. an out, okay. an out, but coming off the line as a tight end. Okay, and then. Um, I think the other one was a uh, you know one point five yard button hook. Oh, okay. I love the mental image I have of you lining up as an eleven year old at tight end. <laughs> Something tells me that you and Toilet were not playing in the same division. Uh, well, Toilet, if we were playing in the same division, Toilet would have been a striper. That's what they call the uh, offensive lineman. So yeah. basically, if you had to stripe, you couldn't advance the ball. So all you could do if you picked up a fumble is you had to fall on it. Yeah. And you could only play you could only play offensive line. I don't even think you could play defensive line. 
Yeah, that would be true. Um, I think that's the only way that they can save youth football if, if the concussion information continues to um, go the direction it is going to continue to install some weight limits for who can carry the ball and who can play certain positions. I say, and that was the boys ruined football. Yeah, that, yeah, that was the boys ruined football. football just, back down. <laughs> I just say we just do uh, seven on seven drills. You know, leather helmets. That's it. Let's throw the ball around. Let's just toss the rock. That's not football, Let's baby. Let's just toss the pigskin. Did you? Did you? Did you have to play? Um, did you have to play a certain amount of years of flag before you were allowed to play tackle? No, I did not play tackle. I did not play any organized football until sixth grade when I was 120 pounds and I started playing uh, tackle football. Okay, okay. I had to play. I had to play a mandatory of two years of flag football because there was like a rumor going around that Walter Payton made his son play two years <laughs> of flag football. So none of the dads allowed their kids to play tackle football until they all did the same two years of flag football that. Walter that Jarrett Payton did got it well I think I watched this documentary on how to train football players it's called remember the Titans you're taking ballet lessons Zach I don't care (laughs) this is gonna make you a better running back I think it was obvious in sixth grade that I was taking more after uh the fridge than I was taking after sweetness so that is why I think that it was like okay we can just send this right you can send him right to the shoots get in there piggy what I can't imagine a worse position to play as a sixth grader than offensive line. Dude, like you don't really, you, you don't really, you don't, but you don't like, you don't get any glory. You just repeatedly, I guess. Okay. Now that I keep talking about it, you repeatedly hit, hit people. And then you, what practice some zone blocking and that's it. Yeah. You teabag other people. It's pretty dope. Okay. Okay. Wide receiver is go. the worst position. Okay. Yeah, wide receiver <laughs> is the worst position. You don't get the ball. You have to block all the time. And then when you do actually get the ball, it's really hard because it's probably not thrown well. You probably didn't run a good route, and you're probably covered because you're equally as slow as the cornerback. <laughs> Footy. It's free foot picks for you, bud. You want that? Only mm. fans. Only fans. Only stands. I got to get that. I gotta get that cut off at the bottom. Oh it's gross. God, dude! Did you do a foot mask? No, I have not done a foot mask. What's that? Oh. Is this one of your like fancy marketing products that you or your fancy marketing products that you definitely don't buy and are given to you for free, but you definitely do buy them? Yeah, I've never bought a product in my life. I'm just giving them for free. No, it's um, this beauty product where what it does is you basically put your foot in a plastic bag that's filled with this uh serum i don't even know what to call it but um it's mostly oh is it wax no it's mostly rubbing alcohol um (laughs) and you let it sit there for a couple hours and then you take it off and wash it off and then over the course of the next two weeks or so the top couple layers of skin on your foot just slough off entirely, like Ooh. peeling massive chunks of skin off of your foot. And at the end, you have a beautiful new foot, like beautiful baby skin on your foot. It removed calluses that I've had, I think, literally since high school cross country. And I know that you're a gross foot guy, Zach, so I feel like it would be a great product for you. That is, uh, that's definitely not an average choice to do that to to get my to get my feet fixed. 
What makes you a gross foot guy? The fact that you have one or that you like to look at them? Zach has like had a different colored nail on one of his feet when he was 23 years old. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty bad. If I could flip it around and show you like that's that's <laughs> that's definitely the um, after after effects of um, distance running. That's for I- sure. It's just like permanently dead. Like I'll probably just have to get the toe just like amputated at some point. <laughs> I got a couple missing nails from playing football. I can send yeah. you some pics if you want. I've, I've, I mean, I've, I have, yeah, I have some missing ones too, as well. Some good stuff. Well, now that we've grossed out our entire audience, I see that both of you put LOL Cowboys as topics. Do you guys want to LOL at the Cowboys? Yeah, I did that because Luke is LOLing at the Cowboys. Hey, we root for the Bears, but at least we're not the Cowboys. Fucking one, two, and one is leading that division. What the fuck? Also, if you're a Cowboys fan, this season just has to be so depressing for you because yeah. like sure after 2018 we were optimistic about the bears but like we still had mitch trubisky who was kind of shaky like we had a good defense but you know that isn't like enough to get the bears over the edge like if you're the cowboys you had like everything going right for you you had Dak prescott on a very favorable deal and he looks like the next hot shit you get ezekiel elliott um who's like the best running back in the league for a couple years you have the best offensive line that looks like it's going to be set in place for um you know at least like several seasons and then sean lee breaks his collarbone four times and they have nothing to show for it. And Leighton Vander Esch too, who's like the next coming of Sean Lee. He's been hurt. He's been hurt this season again. He is the next coming of Sean Lee because of that reason. Yeah. They are the same. Well, they are the Spider-Man meme. I mean, to, just to go back to your point about the division, I think Toilet, you said that one, two, and one. I don't hate, I mean, I guess it was the Bengals, but I don't hate the call that Doug Peterson had to play for the tie. Because just know, like, all you have to do is just know your division. I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to outrun the bear. You just have to outrun the slowest person, right? So lame, dude. But that's you what they did last year to win the game. Okay, Herm. <laughs> they limped but, in yeah. last year and they yeah. got smoked by the Seahawks at home. So well, like, you're literally setting yourself up to the exact same thing again. Hey, all you got to do is just get into the dance, man. Yeah, that's all you got to do. Until you doink your way out. Did you guys see LOL at Julian Stop. Edelman on Monday Night Football? Uh, no, I did not watch Monday Night Football. Uh, I have a job. Check down Jared Stidham's in the – Jared Stidham, I think, played and then got benched for Brian Hoyer, and then Brian <laughs> Hoyer got benched for Jared Stidham because he yes. equally bad. Yes. And then he threw a check down to Julian Edelman, and he wasn't expecting to catch the pass, and it went right off his hands to Tyron Matthew. Pick six returned. <laughs> Like the first play of the drive, like they were in it. They were like down by eight points, and then he gave up gave up this pick six to go down by like seventeen. Speaking of speaking of points and quarterback changes in that game, Luke, can you answer this question for me? If you had bet before Cam Newton went out for that game, do, like, and you bet on the line at what plus seven, seven and a half, do you get your money back? Is that like a baseball bet where like if you if you look at a you look at a baseball bet it usually says so and so starting pitcher has to start for this bet to be valid i don't think it's that's the case i feel like that only works in favor of the books 
so they're like sorry this is you you accept this risk by purchasing the line x amount of days in advance and i feel like baseball is a little different because like you said it's about the pitching matchup so much where if it changes it gets invalidated but they're not going to invalidate all those bets especially if it's going to go their way yeah i feel like plus seven and a half i mean i i i didn't watch any of the game but just looking at the game flow probably would have been okay with cam newton in there like they probably would have covered that easily i i know this because i as soon as i heard cam newton was out i went in and tried to make a bet real quick as if like the books weren't on top of this like way before (laughs) i had heard (laughs) Um, it immediately jumped to like plus 11 or plus 12. Which I think they still probably covered easily. Yeah. Or the, by they, I mean the uh, the Chiefs. But hey, hey guys, in order to be a real sports podcast, we have to do gambling picks. So what is your, what's your pick for this Thursday night game? Because I believe the Bucks are, well, I'll let, I mean, I'll let you, I'll let you two do your best uh, Bill Simmons, Cousin Sal impersonations and guess the line. Um, under and the Bucks. <laughs> I don't. I don't know what it is, and I don't care. That's my it's actually it, it's in the Vegas zone. Uh, is it the Bucks by five and a half? Uh, close. Bucks minus four and a half. Last I saw. Um, All, I, over under forty four. It's kind of low. I'm gonna disagree. I think that this will be a shootout. I think that um, the Bucks will get out early, and that will that is exactly what the Bears need is to be behind. Um, that is when we flourish. So I think that the Bucks will get out early, and then we'll see if Big Dick Nick can catch up. And what we'll do you? What do you? Yeah. What are your thoughts on uh, allowing Mitch to start and just to to play like two or three drives? You know, get a get a deficit going, and then bring Nick in. That's not a bad idea. Um, like manufacture the relief role. I mean, we're three and zero with Mitch starting the game, and. Um, we're zero and one with Nick Foles starting the game. I just think that it's going to take time and reps. Like Nick Foles was with the practice team allegedly for the first three weeks of the year, while he was running the scout team and Mitch was getting all the first team reps. So it's going to take some time to get a little bit of a rhythm down and um, a tendency. He's going to have to pick a guy that he is going to look for on third down and look for in those situations that he's trusting, like he had with um, Alshon Jeffrey. So you mean um, you can't just run the. Allen Robinson go 11 yards and I'm just going to chuck it in the air play every single time. I mean, that is a play that I like a lot. Um, if it's going to Allen Robinson, um, my favorite play is Cordero Patterson falls down. <laughs> oh my God. I cannot look. I mean, what did he do to Matt Nagy? He's like the opposite of Mitch Trubisky. He loves Cordero Patterson. Cordero Patterson. He probably, he probably knows something embarrassing or, or just uh, scandalous about Matt Nagy. Oh so that's why yeah, he just dude. keeps getting played. Uh, Nagy's bald. <laughs> <laughs> Send him a shipment of uh, McDonald's French fries. Oh wow! Um, he always says "be you," but actually, he isn't himself all that often. <laughs> all this is a veneer. His <laughs> life is a lie. <laughs> Luke, were there a lot of sad shots of Mitch Trubisky on the sideline in a hat? Oh yeah, dude. Of course. Every time they talk about it, it's just like, "There's our small bearded boy." Sitting on the sideline, feeling sad. <sighs> so not kissing titties this week. Do you think there's any legs to that story that the Patriots contacted the Bears about Mitch? No. No. Okay. 
Like, I, definitely I think that not would... Ryan Pace wearing a mustache talking to reporters. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the Patriots scout. And, uh, yeah, we definitely want Mitch. We'll definitely give up a second-round draft pick for that. I don't know. He doesn't have a mustache, right? No. No. He's too cute to be a general manager. I want my general manager to look <laughs> uglier and, like, they haven't seen the sun in two months. Like like a, a mix, eyes. yeah, a mix of uh, like Ryan Pace young, but like Dave Gettleman body stature. Maybe yeah, like <laughs> yeah, slowly turning into some version of Chris Christie. <laughs> oh, no, that was on my mind. Yeah, I our, put that. That's on. Boy. That's on the list. That's on the list. I, I, do, we, do we need to make? Do we need to make a statement as a podcast on that? No. Okay. Well, we hope. We hope young christopher gets, get some the, help. gets the help that he needs and we don't body COVID. shame and we get don't body help. shame get some help get some chris, help. chris some just help. check in uh work some in, fiber in into precaution the call your mother call your mother uh why is scooby-doo on the list of topics oh yeah, yeah. um scoob question um Scooter I, I, I just i just had like an intrusive thought the other day that like scooby-doo and i guess like kid detective shows are kind of a weird premise because the implication is like the police can't solve this crime so why don't we ask a child or a group of teenagers to figure it out for us defund the police (laughs) (laughs) get the children to do it like the sheriff of kansas city being like well uh we got this btk guy and uh the only lead that we have is that all the families that he ended up murdering bought a alarm system from the same company but we feel like that's unrelated so why don't you go figure it out like zoink scoob what do you think this guy is keeping in these oil drums Dude, speaking of oil drums and getting dark, did you watch that new Netflix documentary? The one about the the Colorado guy who kills his yeah. family? Yeah. Yeah. That was I messed did. up. My mouth my mouth was agape at the end of that. Did you watch that? I toilet, did you watch that? No clue what you're talking about. Oh man. It's you, American Murder it's, Family Next Door or whatever. I cannot recommend it enough. Um. Yeah, <laughs> that's a depressing crime documentary. <laughs> Spoiler alert for our uh, audience: the father ended up doing it. He ended up doing it. He ended up doing it, doing and it. you get to watch him lie through a lie detector test, and then get caught in his lies, and then try to lie some more, and then finally he ends up getting. He ends up getting cuffed and tells the truth, and it's haunting. He, uh, like, I don't mean to make little of it, but like seriously, it's or make light of it or anything. But it's like I haven't, I haven't been that shocked watching something in a long time. He really overestimated how much his mistress was gonna like be on board with like, yeah, I killed my wife and kids, and now we can start fresh. She was like 
yeah, fuck this guy, like, immediately. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, that's him. He was having an affair. I'm her. <laughs> he also, like, tried to lie about the affair, too. Yeah. At one point. And the, the detectives are like, dude, we're not dumb. Well, like, this guy is, like, on the news. Like, not just Colorado news, but, like, NBC national news. Like, haven't we all, to bring it back to Dick Wolf, you know, a call, little callback section, but, like, haven't we all watched enough episodes of Law and Order and, like, Chicago PD to know that it's usually always the husband? Like, it's it's often never, it's often never these, you know, Truman Capote and cold blood type murders. It's usually always somebody who knows someone else. Like, why do we keep, I, I know, the whole you know we're gonna uphold the constitution right and we're gonna get on constitution corner and say that you know you're guilt you're innocent until proven guilty but like why can't they just take the guy take the dad in immediately like your wife and kids are gone missing like you need to cut you need to come into the station now and we are not leaving until you tell us the truth because we have seen enough dick wolf productions to know that you are you are suspect number one two and three i don't know i feel like i've seen enough episodes of law and order where like typically it's like a much more exotic reason and i feel like that sort of plays into our collective consciousness of like why do people commit murder like in law and order it'd be like some guy wearing like a richard nixon mask but it was actually their cousin but it was because like he had AIDS and flipped out or something like that. There, those his other cousin wild. wouldn't marry his other cousin wouldn't marry him, and so that's yeah. why they were getting really upset. It was an unrequited cousin love situation. No, no, but I mean, like, I mean, you, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's there's, there's like the the myth of how that goes, how that goes down, and it's, it's often the scariest thing for people to kind of comprehend is the fact that like you're not in control right of anybody who enters or exits your house enters or exits your property like you know somebody could just drive up like i don't know if you've ever read that book in cold blood but like that's literally what that whole story is it's like this just dude who drove these two guys who just like pulled up and killed this entire family you have to do this in a truman capote impression (laughs) um it is a book about the it is a okay i can't i can't really think about it i can't think of what else to say but Often, oftentimes, it's like the truth is even scarier than fiction, right? Because it's usually always somebody who's who's close to the the uh, or the assailant is always close to the victim. I mean, yes, and I feel like it's really easy to get a search warrant on like the house. Oh yeah, an arrest I, warrant on like the husband. Like that's who they bring in immediately. They, I, I feel like. They pretty much they did it pretty quickly in this. Like, oh, they, they gave him enough. They gave him enough time to have an NBC News um, interview with Lester Holt. I mean, he was getting enough airtime. Yeah, I don't know. So boys, the boys solve the American media circus. Uh, speaking of things that are spooky, are the Astros going to win the World Series? Yes. I'm actually on board for it. I want chaos. It would be the funniest outcome, right? Now that yeah. our beloved socks are out. <laughs> no, of the it. the funniest the funniest out. <laughs> it took me a second to pick up on that toilet. Yeah, our beloved. Uh, actually, I thought you were talking about our beloved Red Sox because we are another Boston sports podcast. 
No, but I think the funniest outcome would be if they beat LA again. That would be so funny. <laughs> would be, like, I would I would love that. Joe Kelly would drive a pickup truck into their dugout. <laughs> Once Chicago's out, I'm just rooting for the funniest outcome possible. That's why I think Miami Heat beating the Lakers would be hilarious. <laughs> how awesome how awesome would it be? How awesome would it be if they got if we got a Marlin I mean we'll, we'll timestamp this, but if we got a Marlins Rays World Series, like the two teams that are that are like rumored to be moving every single year and they get a World Series of COVID shortened season. And the governor just came out and said that they will fill every stadium for sports for the rest of the year. Full attendance. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, um, the Dolphins already said that they weren't going to do it though, so it's up to their yeah. discretion. Well, governor says okay. Uh, I was going to make a raise attendance joke, but that's uh, that's oh. a little too easy. Oh, hey, oh, 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 oh. Um, but yeah, I feel like the A's social media has been talking mad shit about the Astros and about their whole situation. And now all of a sudden the A's are down two one in the series. Oakland had to win today to uh, avoid the sweep. So is this a best of five? Uh, I think so. Okay. Right. It's a division. Yeah. Series. First one. First round was three. Oh, second yeah. round is five. Oh no, Luke! Your Yankees are down eight to four. Yeah, I know. Yankee. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Can you be There's a Yankee? Um, oh yeah, the athletics. The athletics won, and the Dodgers. This is the boys' scoreboard watch. Um, Dodgers are up four-one. Bottom of the fourth. Um, Dodgers so, are a wagon. Nobody's going to beat them, except for the Astros. Except for the Astros, dude. And <laughs> that would just be uh, the best. But I feel like, even though the Astros played like shit in the regular season, and wouldn't have made the playoffs had they not expanded the selection because they were like what 29 they were under one yeah they're under 500 but now everybody's talking shit about them so they've got the us versus the world thing going on that you know in a playoffs without very much energy coming from the crowds i feel like is uh gonna mean a lot go ahead zach i have i i'm looking and i see a a box it says hot stove priorities and it's showing a Twins player. And I'm going to ask you guys a serious question. Is there, is there f- like a sports franchise you feel really bad for or a sports city you feel really bad for? I feel really bad for Minnesota. Like all Minneapolis, St. Paul. Yeah, just all of Minnesota. Sorry. This segment's called Sorry, Minnesota. As you know uh, that city, Minnesota. Yeah. I guess all their, all their sports teams. I mean, the Twins have lost, what, like 19, 19 playoff games in a row or something like that yeah i don't think they've won a playoff game since kirby puckett was on the team r.i.p r.i.p the vikings just won a playoff game and then they got their asses yeah, i know the yeah they're never super yeah i know but they but they they still they still keep like finding heartbreaking ways to lose and like you know they snatch defeat from the jaws of victory except for the minnesota miracle they've never won a super bowl have they no, I don't think they've uh, ever made one. So I think they've made one back in the Bud Grant years. I thought their whole thing is that they've never made a Super Bowl, but they've been so close a couple times, and including the Brett Favre '09 year. Oh, 
the Timberwolves are a disaster. Like, their only good players leave them, other than Carl Anthony Towns, and, like, juries out on whether he can be constituted as, like, a good player. Um, the hockey team left and then came back with a stupid name. And a bad color scheme. Terrible color, color scheme. scheme. I mean, is- it's... it's- there, there's no way that a hockey team in Minnesota should be bad. Why is forest green and cream a color scheme? <laughs> oh, I love the Bucks uh, Cream City uniforms. Those are the, tight. The ones that are cream colored? Yeah. You like the way Dante DiVincenzo looks in that jersey? Hey, oh. Uh, sure. I feel like it's the jersey that doesn't help white people out very much. Yeah, you get you get he gets washed uh, washed away in it, you know. Well, he's a particularly white person. Who's the most particularly white person that exists? Um, well, Edgar Winter. I, we could <laughs> we could se- we could segue into our Alex Caruso talk. Oh yes, Alex that's Caruso the segue. corner. <laughs> that, that's there it. he is. There he I is. was I was asking a buddy of mine who is a former D three basketball player, and I said, "Is Alex Caruso probably the most deceptively good pickup player oh, of no. all time?" Like, I don't mean to be rude, but like, if you see him at the not a particularly built individual, that you would probably see him at the Y and be like, "Yeah, that guy's probably not any good," and he would probably wreck everybody. Like, if you were playing to eleven, he'd probably get nine out of nine or ten points out of the 11 and he would just make people like eat shit i think he'd be like the most deceptively good pickup player of all time i'm looking up his nicknames right now for you uh don't i i can tell you what they are caruso goat i can't remember another other two but he's a very uh texas a&m type player giga maggies giga maggies um, I think it's the the balding that is the hardest part for me. That is like yeah. the part that, you know, he's just got to lean into it. Like him and LeBron, like I don't understand like the clinging onto the hair. Like the bald basketball player is like a strong look. Dude, MJ rocked it, man. He looked great. And he could even grow a mustache just to look just like him. It would be perfect. <laughs> LeBron with a mustache would be great. He's doing the headband now. I don't know. To- As a weird head shape guy, I – feel um solidarity with alex caruso in like trying to hang on to what little hair he has because while i still have a flowing mane of hair and a hairline that certainly won't quit um if i did start to lose my hair my head is like insanely shaped wow. is it pointy yeah it's pointy it's got like a ridge on it like the back of my skull extends out like very far. <laughs> it's not covered in hair. It's very it's like you got you got like you got a sh- you got a shelf back there. You could like you know rest a rest a beer or something. If someone's sitting if, behind you at a game. If I was born 15 years later, I would be like one of those helmet kids that you see out and about, where they had like the head shaping helmets. You know what I'm talking yeah. about? Did you fall on your head a lot as a child? Um. Only once, notably, where... That you blamed me for. No, no, not that. (laughs) Um, This was when I was, like, one, maybe less than one years old, but I was in one of those walkers where um, you would stand up 
and it had wheels and would roll around and kind of support you. And yeah, something that's definitely against the law nowadays. Yeah, because somebody <laughs> left the door to the garage open, and I took a header down a flight of three stairs, oh. Oh, and shit. I like gashed my eyebrow open, and I still have the scar, and I got like this huge black eye, and I was like this toddler or infant. My parents had to take me around like this infant with this like huge bruise and huge cut on his face, and just getting all sorts of dirty looks. <laughs> Do you want to tell the other story about the time you hit your face and blame uh, your friend we'll, we'll, toilet? We'll talk about that later. Okay. We, we gotta, yeah. we gotta, we gotta, we gotta let the, we gotta leave the, uh, the listeners coming back for more, man. True. It's a tease. Coming up, episode four. I may tell you about the time hit Luke in the face. Do you guys have stitches? Sponsored by the Subway Fresh Take Hotline. You guys ever get stitches? I've had a shitload in my mouth. You got one on your chin too, Sack? What's the story? Uh, underneath I was on monkey bars and I um, let go and I hit my chin mm. on like the platform underneath mm. mine is also on my chin good radio it's great it's because I was dancing in a uh, uh, grocery store and my mom literally turned to me and said stop dancing it's slippery in here I don't <laughs> want to go to the hospital and then I fell down and <laughs> we had to go to the hospital <laughs> Well, I got her back because I was doing some chores out back with my dad and oh, riding you really around. Got her back. After yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. I did chores. I was being a good son. I showed her because I was riding around the back of the tractor with my dad in the backyard, and I fell out of the tractor, and a shovel hit me in the temple. Oh, and then that that temple is now larger than the temple on the other side of my head. So then yeah, they felt he really bad. showed her. Yeah, her. they didn't even bring me to the hospital. They were just like, "Wow, it's a lot of blood." <laughs> Turns out your head has a lot of blood in it. Yeah, and it's very—it's more red than the rest of your body's blood. It's highly oxygenated. Look at that science, bitch. Um, speaking of white basketball players, I—I I just wanted to note that you know, Tyler Hero, I feel like is symptomatic of my disconnection from college basketball because if I really paid attention to college basketball recently and if Indiana still played Kentucky but regardless I would fucking hate Tyler Hero like I hate that archetype of player and his like silly ass like flexing and snarling but now the fact that I only know him on the context of this heat team I fucking love it shout out to tyler hero dude i love it because he played he did a heel turn with the university of wisconsin and he backed out of his uh his recruit his uh um recruiting decision and then he went to kentucky so he had, he's got a special place in my heart for that yeah he's the kind of guy who uh literally steals your girlfriend so i mean who doesn't want to root for a guy like that shout out to kyle kuzma <laughs> shout out to kyle kuzma the keys um so this this will be the lakers uh 12th title if they close it out later this week because uh, the other the others don't count because they were in uh wisconsin they actually would have 17 right minnesota well, minnesota. well no yeah mm, no the other five don't count luke those are minnesota lakers mm, okay of course 
I mean, you know, we're not going to give Oklahoma City credit for their title as the uh, Seattle Supersonics. Mm. Mm, of course not. Um, then we should invalidate all the Celtics titles from before they allowed black people to play in the NBA, of which I think they have like 10. Got him. Take that, Bill. Back when uh, yeah, the NBA bill. was more to the liking of, say, oh, I don't know, name off the top of my head, Adolf Rupp, maybe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> can you put that in in post, Luke? Yes, I can put that in in post. <laughs> the opposite of reggaeton. <laughs> so what is this uh, Simmons claims first free agent title? What does that mean? Oh, I was listening. I was listening to his podcast today, and he was trying to make the case that this is the first that this title feels weird for the Lakers because it is the first title built on a free agency team, oh. which I was a little. I mean, I was. I was. I mean, I. I, I guess you know because of Dwayne Wade with the Heat, right? Dwayne Wade was like a quote-unquote homegrown talent with the Heat. Mm. That doesn't count as a free agent title, though the greatest second or third greatest player of all time went to go play with them in free agency and also brought one of the one of the best no one of the be- probably one of the best number 3s to ever play with a <laughs> you know with a with a with a big with a big group of or you know with, in a big three, right? Who are you Chris saying Bosch. LeBron is behind? MJ and Kareem? Well, I mean, you know, I I, I like Don't I I, I thought Kobe. I I I thought Kobe. I thought Kobe always had like a certain like tenacity to his game that LeBron kind of LeBron kind of lacks. I, I like my basketball players to be super uber competitive. Like that's why I loved watching J Butt. Back when he was, you know, back when he was a college player, and back when he was early on in the Bulls, because he's super, super competitive. Didn't matter. He was gonna, he was gonna outwork you, not play you, or he was going to at least. Like I like that's what I liked about Kobe. I don't know. Something has rubbed me a little wrong. I mean, LeBron is unreal. He's he's putting up numbers that are crazy. Like he doesn't really have a outside of that. What two? What was it? The twenty. Is it the 2011 title where they lost to the Mavericks? I mean, he hasn't really had a bad. He doesn't really have bad games. In the in the uh, playoffs, I mean, he's always like so consistent. But I don't know. I, there's something something I like about the the attitude and tenacity. All right, we're gonna have to cut that whole segment of Kobe. Cool. Yeah, that's fine. You can cut it all. Uh, yeah, cut it all in post. Jay Butt. I mean, he's working his ass off, like watching the finals games. Like he's doing everything he possibly can, but he's just dragging this team of role players, and. LeBron and AD are dragging their team of role players, and they're just doing a better job right now. I mean, I mean, but can we can we still agree that this probably isn't really the first ever free agency title? I, no, I mean, the, the Warriors title. were really good. The, the Warriors, yeah, I mean, that was a free agency title. I mean, the Warriors were a pretty good, were a pretty good team, and then they got bumped over the edge by by having Durant, and it wasn't even like a contest for those those couple of years. Like that was definitely a free agency team. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely prefer to have, like, a homegrown team that I got to, like, watch, like, come up through the ranks. Like, if it was Jimmy Butler and a bunch of guys that, you know, were built around him, like, that would be a cool team to root for since we're the team that drafted him. 
Um, Jay Butt. But at this point, I would just love a Bulls team that's competitive to the point where they are not an all-out embarrassment. So that's kind of where I'm at. Be fun Bulls. to make the playoffs, not as an eight seed. Or literally more than half the teams in the NBA make the playoffs. 16 out of 30. Do that math. Also, again, talking about our sweet boy, this is definitely Alex Caruso erasure because he is the homegrown Laker. Like if you and if Kyle the, Kuzma and Kyle Kuzma, if you're like one player on the team to make it like not a free agent title, then like fine, whatever. I mean, Caruso's a big time one too, man. He was undrafted. The Super Oklahoma City D League team is called the Oklahoma City Blue. Frat. <laughs> not the Blues, just the. Blue. The bleu. It's the French corner. <laughs> Feeling blue. I, w- blue. I wish the listeners could have seen the way Luke just delivered the blue and and frowned midway through it. Uh, that's right, Mom. I frowned right through that one. <laughs> um, okay. I gotta know. I gotta know, Luke, your thoughts. America's test kitchen knife block i asked you what this was and you refused to answer please tell i sent it to the group nurse yeah didn't explain what it is it's like the dumbest home craft thing i've ever seen in my life so the opening shot is like i don't know one of those like kitchen prep containers that are ubiquitous in restaurants but nobody has in their kitchen which are like these huge containers that show the measurements and they're made of really thick plastic so they can go through like those industrial dishwashers where the water gets to 219 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, That's hotter than boiling. Oh, 211. My bad. Um, 211 is the boiling point. It's 212. Uh, 212. Oh, fuck. It's okay. I originally said it was yeah, 220, son. so I'm Damn still it. owned. Yeah. Um, oh. But it was like, uh-huh. a, like fun new way to uh-huh. store your knives, and it's like, okay, like what are they going to do here? Like How are they going to DIY a knife block? And it starts with pouring some dry rice. Mm. So they just get like a big bag of rice and start pouring <laughs> it in. It's like, then take some beans. And they take like a bag of beans and pour it in there. And it's like, yeah, you can just stick your knives in here now and they'll stand up and you don't need to put them in slots. And it's like, why the fuck would I want an open container of beans and rice on my counter versus a knife block? Uh, like, quick what? access to ample beans? <laughs> yeah. What, do I want, like... You could, you could use the leftovers for a meal, man. A convenient place for weevils to start taking up residence on my kitchen counter? <laughs> I will say, I I have seen those knife blocks, though, that are custom like that, where my mom has one, where it's, like, just, like, a block, and it doesn't have slots, but it has this, like, um, fiber-ish material, and you can just, like, stick the knife in there. Anyway, yeah, just stab it. Is that, like, like the... Stabbing motion. And you just stab it, and it just sticks in there. Is that, like, the stuff that they have on ski hills in the summer? Like, that really fibrous, like, kind of almost like broom fibers yes yeah exactly yeah it's it's exactly like that 
Or like, even in absence of that, like even if you want to DIY it and you don't have that, like, why not glass beads? Why not sand? <laughs> why beans and rice? Beans. This is a pro bean podcast. Beans. I know it's a pro yeah, bean Yeah, we stand podcast. for beans here. But we eat the beans. We don't Ooh. make beans into a knife block. <laughs> Rapid fire draft of beans go. Black bean. Uh, Refried. Ch- Pinto, I guess. Would be it. Uh, chickpea beans can fuck off. Ew. What? If it's you not make hummus, your own you don't get them in. You don't get them in hummus. You don't get them in hummus. You just get the bean. Yeah, you just get the bean. You don't get to smash it into Fine. hummus. Chana masala is great. I'll stand by that pick. Uh, red. I get all the red beans. Uh, I, I, I support the troops, so I go with navy beans. Oh, nice. Mm. I guess I'll go. Oh, kidney. Uh, chili. Which I don't know what a chili bean is, but it's, it's I want kidney. it. Well, what makes it a chili bean? It's a kidney bean that goes in chili. Well, I am taking the can of beans. There's a can called kidney at Aldi, and then there's a can called chili at Aldi. I'm taking both, and I'm putting them in chili. <laughs> I don't Aldi, know how they're Aldi different. Chili, Aldi chili beans. Aldi chili beans. It's like one aisle. It's like, oh, this bean, this bean, this bean, tomato paste, crushed tomatoes, boom. I got chili. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna double down on our conservative audience, and I'm gonna go with Goya beans. <laughs> so you're you're taking a brand. Oh, he gets all of them. Toilet gets to take a brand. I get chili. all the Goya beans. Chili isn't a brand. It actually is a type. I know what he's talking about. Um, I'll go with a uh, coffee bean. Oh, that's a great bean. Oh, 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 that's a good one. Uh, and that was our bean draft. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, honorable mention to uh, ecstasy, which some people call uh, taking a bean. Ooh, yikes. <laughs> Ooh, um, I'd take uh, edamame. That's a, that's a bean. Ooh. Does is it peanut really? count? Ooh, it's a legume, uh, isn't it? I don't know the difference. I'm looking at beans right now. <laughs> Thinking about those right beans. now. Um, <laughs> oh, we didn't do <laughs> we didn't do a lima bean. Ew. I don't like lima beans. Pass. Ooh, lima soy beans. beans. Soy, soy, be- soy, soy beans. Soy so everybody, what we're all gonna do the uh, soy face on three. One, two, three. <laughs> That's um, great radio. Yeah. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Great podcast. Oh, I I mean beans <laughs> we're were really going things. off the rails here at the end. <laughs> beans were something that I didn't really like like growing up as a kid. And I still don't like it in certain contexts. Like I don't like pasta fujol. Like pasta and beans. Hey, oh, just three bean it. salad. Ew. Yeah, three bean salad. Oh, green beans, Harry Cover. Ha ha. Harry Cover. Harry Cover. Ha Yeah. And out of context, bean. And my air cover. And my veal. Out of context, bean is a bean for me. Human beans. They're my favorite beans. Oh, I love you guys. You guys are my oh, favorite beans. We didn't say fava beans. 
Oh, uh, Bean Cobain. Francis Bean Cobain. Her middle name's Bean. Mr. Bean. Oh, that's a good one. It's a good one. Toy. Anything else, fellas? No, I think that was a rousing gallop through our many topics this week. Um, Join us next week for more Bean Talk. Join us next week for more <laughs> Bean Talk. More Chris Christie jokes, hopefully. Um, until <laughs> A then, depressing join, bear segment. <laughs> join, join us join us next week when we break down the presidential debate seven days after it occurred. Absolutely. Until then, talk to you guys. Call your mother. Love you guys. Call your mother. Love your mothers. I love your mothers. Don't let your side bitches settle in. Might have to head, but you ever land. Ballers, I put numbers on the boards. Hard to get a handle on this double-edged sword. Whether rapping or I'm rapping to a whore. Might reach back and read laughter rapping up his raw. Javanchi fitting like his gym clothes. We really gym stars. I'm like D Rose, no D League. I'm like these clothes. 88 Jordan leaping from the free throw. Ballers, I put numbers on the boards. Ballers, I put numbers on the boards.